Off the Ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. With Air Sport and all the BT Sport channels now free with your Air Broadband bundle. The league may be over, but we're still here. It's News Talk's SSE Electricity League podcast. He is... Daniel Kelly. And I am Oshin Langan. You can get him on... At Ismisha Daniel. And you can get me on at Oshin Langan. Jokes aside, the title race to some people is over. Personally, I don't think it is. It's, we had this conversation last week. We did. It's but, long over. But the story of this week is that there is no story. True, it's been... Neil MacDonald appointed by Limerick, but that was last week and they've had two games since. They have. Uh, Cork were the only team in the back-to-back fixtures to win two games. Yeah. So, where last week we may have thought, oh, are Cork hitting a rocky patch after drawing with Galway? They've gone on and won two games and they've gone back to extend their lead at the top of the table. Yeah, so essentially what we're saying is 15 games into the Premier Division season, we've given up. This is getting near Celtic levels of farce. Well, it is at the top, but it's not at the bottom. Oh, that's no, really the tight. bottom is outstanding. Yeah, that's going to be probably the showpiece this season. And some really good teams involved there as well. Yeah. I mean, Bowles like, and Pats very much in that conversation. Looking at it here, and I and know uh, the bottom six are separated by two points. Bowles are on 16, Drogheda are on 15, St. Pats, Galway, Sligo Rovers and Finn Harps are all on 14 points. Yeah. Even looking at it, Limerick are on 20. They could be brought into it. Mathematically, Shamrock Rovers could be as well. Obviously, they're not. Shamrock Rovers are far too good to be relegated. But looking at it as a ah, table... Shamrock Rovers, no way. I've seen them a couple no, of times I'm this no, season. I'm just saying points-wise yeah. that like the bottom ha- the bottom two-thirds of the table is so it's so congested that if it wasn't Shamrock Rovers, if it was another team in that position, you may say they could be in bother. Now, some clubs might be a bit disrespected by the fact that I'm expressing surprise that St. Pats and Bowles are in this conversation. Uh, but I'm not surprised that the likes of Finn Harps... Sligo, Galway and Drogheda are the reason being you just never really think that Bowles or Pats could be relegated do you? Oh, no, I've seen Shamrock Rovers relegated yeah. I was there the night they were relegated we've obviously seen them rise rise from the ashes we've seen Cork City relegated but, yes. th- but those are all outside of we've seen football relegated. factors yes. they, were, they were financial factors and while I appreciate that Pats don't have the money that other clubs do and that Bowles don't have the money that other clubs do they would still probably have more resources than the likes of Sligo or or Finn Harps, or... No, you don't think so? I, they don't have more access to that kind of resource? Access, yes. For example, when St. Pat's, who have won the league... As Basically, because they're St. Dublin Pat- clubs, I always think of them as bigger. Sure. St. Pat's won the league as recently as 2013. Yeah. I was there Friday night, in, and I hope it came across on TV, because I, ch- I didn't get a chance to watch Soccer Republic. It was one of the best games of football I've been at in really? a long time. St. Pat's and St. Rovers, it was an excellent game. Finished one all. Either team could have won the game by two or three goals. St. Pat's are getting better but the fans are never there they find it very hard to sell out games and I don't mean that disrespectfully even when they were winning the league uh, four years ago or doing well they've always found it hard to sell out the stadium and it's a pity because it's a really good place to watch a game of football it, it generates a noise doesn't it's, it it's, it's, uh, it's very small and I mean that in a good way it's tight it's intimate it's a good ground it's one of the better grounds in the league but they, they never seem to can get a full house there Dundalk, even though they're 15 points behind, won't have given up, but they couldn't hide their frustration following Monday's or Tuesday's scoreless draw at home to Derry in Oriel Park. Michael Duffy uh, afterwards spoke to Dundalksport.ie. Uh, it was frustrating. Uh, it was a huge game for us. Like we, we need to just keep winning every game. Now, and uh, a draw was frustrating. Tonight. It was probably a fair result, though, looking back at the game. But... At least we got the point anyway. The end was, it was just lack of composure nearly at times. He's probably went a bit more direct than, than he's normally would. Uh, we went direct, just trying to 
uh, killed off near the end there and just wasn't really working out for us. We were a bit tired, mm. but uh, we were disappointed, so we'll just think on Friday now. Michael Duffy of Dundalk speak to Gavin McLaughlin of Dundalksport.ie. Gavin has been a guest recently on this podcast and he has a pretty level head about this. He appreciates why Dundalk are, yeah. compared to their last couple of Feel seasons, like, struggling. When we were speaking to him a few weeks ago, he was very realistic about it. He has been following this team for as long as I care to remember. He's written some excellent books on Dundalk. He's seen the good times, he's seen the not so good times at Dundalk. He knows well second place at the moment they've been ravaged with injuries in, in recent weeks where Cork seem to be able to put out if not their first choice team very close to their first choice team on a weekly basis they're still doing very well their home form is excellent I saw them a few weeks ago in Oriel Park where in the second half they basically blew Slugger Rovers off the park they are still a very good team and they're still evolving as a group they lost yeah. an awful lot of talent and it's tough to replace that. Plus, there's, there's guys trying to shake off injuries that maybe they picked up last year through a very, very tiring run. And Stephen Kenny wrote about that in his programme notes this week. He was actually late getting them in, so they attached them in a sheet. And it was a very, very, very insightful article once again by Stephen. And I think Neil O'Reardon tweeted it. So if you follow his uh, Twitter profile, you'll be able to get the notes because he, he tweeted the full picture of it. Stewie Byrne, formerly of Shelburne and Longford, a regular guest and off the ball. He was on their League of Ireland segment on Tuesday night. He was asked by Joe if he thinks they'll be able to play their way back into contention if they can get back on track. And even that's just... It's, I feel a bit sensational saying that because they are second, but just compared to the last three seasons, they're not where they were at. Anyway, Stewie was asked if they can get back or if they think themselves they can get back. They, yeah, they'll get back on track. There's no doubt they will. Um, and I think there was even snippets of it in, in, the, in the Limerick game. Mm. Uh, Keith Redem like, is, is, is injuries. They've... they've what Cork are going through at the moment is almost like a copy of what Dundalk have gone through the last three years. No injuries, fit, playing you know top quality football, um, and then all of a sudden this season they've had four or five injuries to really really key players, um, and just haven't been able to get that momentum going. Whereas Cork, no injuries, none at all. They're hungry, um, and that's really really shown how, how they're how they're playing. Um, and for them, it, the hunger factor is the really the fact that it, like John Caulfield now has to keep them hungry because um, the situation they find themselves in, you know, when you're top of the, top of the league in, 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 and so far ahead of the, the, the pack like they are, normally you would expect teams that have done it in the past to be able to be comfortable in that situation. They've been there, they've done it, you know, they know what it takes to kind of stay there. Whereas with Cork, it's completely new ground for them. Mm. Like I said, they haven't had any injuries. They haven't lost a, a couple of key players yet. Um, and, you know, you would just wonder what kind of hit that would have to them if all of a sudden they were maybe to lose a couple of players and lose a game, even even lose two on the trot, that kind of a thing. Would it have an effect on them on the, on the, on the mentally? Stewie Byrne on whether or not Dundalk can claw it back or whether or not the players themselves believe they can claw it back. They're 15 points behind Cork City, who play Shamrock Rovers on Friday night at Turner's Cross. We're going to hear from in-form Rovers playmaker. Is that the right term to use when fair. talking about Brendan Mealy? I think that's very fair. Yeah, we're going to hear from him in a while. But first, it is the new Limerick boss, Lee, Neil MacDonald. And um, Neil, I guess as a manager, you need a couple of things going your way. You need your players to be fit. You need their work rate to be good. And during games, sometimes you just need... That little bit of luck. Lynch gets it past Fitzgerald from the byline. Sends up a cross. Hit a goal by Ogbeni. And turned oh. in by 
Dan Byrne on the goal line. What an error from the ball centre back, Connor Mullen. It's inc- I can't believe he's actually knocked into his own net. It was actually going wide. That's Alan and Connor from Limerick Soccer Live. Uh, Neil, what luck you didn't get, I guess, in your first game against Dundalk. Maybe you got last night against Bohemians at Dalyman Park. An own goal. You got the win. Now, I did watch most of the game, and I have to say, you were worthy of the three points. But, um, yeah, you'll, you'll take anything going, I imagine. Yes, very much so. I think... Uh... Uh, concerning the first game where we competed with Dundalk who were the, uh, the reigning champions get our goalkeeper sent off and then really Dundalk uh, showed how to pass the ball and put the ball in the back of the net to uh, not creating many chances to uh, last night creating 12 chances and scoring two goals so there's been a, a fantastic response from the players and uh, we thoroughly deserved in my opinion to win the game from start to finish Let's go back to the start here what attracted you to the Limerick job? Well, first of all, I'm a football football person and uh, I've been sitting about for the last couple of months not really doing anything, uh, looking around to see where the uh, where the next opportunity was, was to be. Uh, put myself uh, forward for, for the job when it was available, come across and spoke to uh, the powers to be and they actually sold me the club there and then on the plans that they have for the football club and where they want to get to in the future. And uh, I felt as though um, the long-term project was uh, was under. I, c- I couldn't really turn it down. If uh, if I was the man to be, then I would be fully involved in everything, trying to progress the football club where they wanted to get to. And that's an exciting, exciting thing for a, a manager to be involved in. And uh, hopefully, I can uh, progress the club to to where the uh, hierarchy and uh, the sports want want to get to. Now, you've obviously worked with one of the club's previous managers, Sam Allardyce. Um, did you have a quick chat with him? I'm sure you took a number of things into consideration, but did you seek some counsel from him? Yes, I did. Um, whenever I've been in his company, and we always talk about football, he spoke very highly of uh, his time when he was at Limerick, even though it was a long time ago. I know the club has obviously changed since since uh, Sam was there, but he holds it close to his heart. And... Um, it was great talking about it. He, he tells me stories about uh, everything when he was here. So uh, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to telling him all the stories when I'm here as well. So you can uh, get the full gen from a, a distance in between twenty years in between to see whether he thinks anything's changed or not. But uh, I get the impression that the people involved in the football club are very, very similar to the people that, that were involved with the football club when he was here, and that's that can only be good on the stories that he's taught me. Neil, at the best of times, the League of Ireland can be very short-term. People are looking towards the end of the season or even sometimes towards uh, the end of the month with wages and sometimes in, his, in recent history, there's been a lot of issues with things like that. Just reading one of your opening interviews on the Limerick website, you said, I want to leave a legacy at Limerick. What do you mean by that? I know you've signed a contract till the end of the 2019 season, well, but from what I'm hearing, this seems to be a very long-term plan in your head. It, it is, I think, uh, long-term. Short-term, obviously, you have to try and win football matches, don't you now? I've come to a club who, who, who we're trying to push on and get to that next level. That next level is trying to compete to win the, the league first of all. And uh, the amb- ambitions in t- uh, to get into Europe where they've been before and have had some fantastic memories and fantastic times. They also want to build the club up uh, through through the age groups, which I think is very important because you have to try and produce your own players as well as uh, use other players from uh, from elsewhere. So... Finding that mixture and uh, progressing the club first of all with the first team, and then progressing the club throughout all the way through to to to, to try and be a, I suppose a, a leading a leading club where everybody wants to come to Limerick to uh, further their career and 
making themselves into professional football and that's the impression I got that that's the way the club wanted to go and for as I said before as a as a manager and coach to be involved in something like that and leave a legacy uh, is a fantastic opportunity and something that I really couldn't turn down You've got a, a real mixture of experience you, you you've managed in the lower leagues in England you've you've managed abroad you've been an assistant at Premier League level so what are you going to draw on most for this job what do you think is most relevant I think it's just to get to first of all get to know the league and what the standard is like and certainly uh, get to know get to know the players that are, are playing for the football club to try and improve them um, the two games that we've played is, 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 is showing me what the league's all about I think uh, it looks as though it's a decent uh, level of football that you can play at and certainly in the past, uh, a lot of the English clubs and a lot of other clubs have come across trying to pinch players. Um, hopefully, we can we can we can do that in the future by producing our own players and progressing the football club where everybody wants to come and have a look and see how it's done. And uh, if we if we do that and everybody starts coming back to have a look at the Limerick players and 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 see how a club's supposed to be run at, that'd be fantastic if we if we're the ones to uh, follow follow suit. And you've got some squad there as well. I mean, the likes of Shane Duggan. Ogbene Tossi brings a bit of experience. Scored again last night. Uh, you know, I've mentioned just a few there. I could I could mention many, many more. You've got a good staff as well. Willie Boland did a good job as interim manager. Obviously, he's working kind of on the academy and and the structure of the club that you've mentioned. Joe Gamble, he's very experienced. He's there in a strength and conditioning role. So it's it's really well set up. Well, it is, and uh, that that's the impression I got when I uh, when I first come across to speak to everybody. I've been here for almost a week now and uh, everybody has got the heart, uh, got the club at the heart. Uh, they're trying to uh, to make the club better. Uh, they, they, they certainly took me to the hearts to start off with and every little bit of information that I've asked for, I've got. And uh, everybody wants to uh, improve themselves as well as the football club. And uh, it seems on first impressions, it's a very, very nice place and a very good place to be at the moment. I was in Marketsfield, Neil, for the first night of the season when Limerick... Uh for for a better word, uh, demolished Liger Rovers. I, th- I think they got five goals that night. When the yeah. when the team were doing well, the cl- uh, the fans certainly come out. We've seen that obviously in places like Cork. When Cork are doing well, the fans come out. Uh, there are like there's obviously no other teams in Limerick that uh, compared to cities like Dublin, where you've uh, basically every everyone is battling to try and get fans. So when the t- when the fans are there and the team is doing good, there is a lot of potential for Limerick to be one of the best teams in Ireland. Yes, I think so. I think the catchment area is massive, isn't it? And uh, wherever you are and wherever you play, at whatever level you play, if you win football matches and uh, you're being entertained, you'll come and watch. And uh, I get the impression, um, certainly on the two games that I've been there, with uh, getting the defeat against Dundalk, they stayed with the team, they got behind the team and they were very, very vocal. vocal. And even last night, uh, a long trip to... Uh, to Dublin to watch the team play away from home uh, there was a lot there and uh, they got behind the team as well so they're ready to support the team and they're ready to uh, try and get success and uh, they'll have a, they'll have a journey in themselves supporting the team trying to get there I know uh, like you've been speaking there about the fans but I know there was an event earlier this week where you got to meet some of them in Limerick on Monday evening the passion is certainly there for them and how have you found the passion by meeting the fans up close and personally so early no I, I, I wanted to be uh, you know, accessible as much as I possibly can. Obviously, I've got to concentrate on the team, but um, just to get a feel of the whole place and how, how everybody sees their football club, and uh, they're certainly passionate. They just wanted to have a few answers. They obviously wanted to see what sort of direction the club was going to try and get and whether it would be possible to get there, 
what sort of style of play we're going to bring new managers in uh, new players in sorry so it was all the, the usual questions that you ask as a supporter but uh, as I say hopefully with the ones that went last night they've, they've, they've drove back from Dublin very very happy that they've seen the team win and they've seen the team improve from the last time they saw them against Dundalk which is uh, is all you can ask really and you've got a team that can play different styles uh, you can play ball that's very obvious but you can also do the set piece thing. I mean, like like Tossi's goal last night, for example, in Daily Mount. Yeah, I think uh, you have to try and find a balance between uh, trying to score open open play goals, uh, of course, yes. And then if if you can't break teams down, then you have to have something up your sleeve, as in set plays, corners, and free kicks and stuff like that. So it's just trying to find a balance of that of not being as a team seen as our only uh, a set player team. So if you find the balance and get both of them right, then you've got a great chance to win uh, to win games. And we certainly did that yesterday. Last night we scored from a, a set play and we scored from a, an open play. Even though it was an own goal, I would have still give it to uh, Chidozi. I thought it was a fantastic header. A great ball from Lynch at the far post. Uh, uh, hitting the far post and he got up really well to head it back. And uh, there was no way that he could have cleared it off the line as far as I was concerned. And uh, it, was a, it was a goal well-deserved to finish off a fine performance over 90 minutes. You know, the fact that they created the opportunity for that goal to go in, doesn't matter how they go in, so long as they go in, I'm sure you'd agree, as a manager. Um, is one of the tough things about just kind of landing in a league like this, getting to know your own players, even getting to know the names? One of your um, one of your fellow Geordies, Bobby Robson, was famous for not knowing names. It never stopped him from being an excellent manager and a great manager and an icon. <laughs> but, but is it difficult to just go in there and, and say, hey, you, you know, you, oh, God, the names. I've got, I've got, uh, I've, listen, I've, I've, I'm walking around with a sheet of paper trying to get to know everybody <laughs> all the time. So I've got, I've got, I've, I'm almost there. There's only one or two that I can't really put the names on straight away. Um, I'm getting a lot of help off the staff to uh, tell me who everybody is. But uh, the more I work with them on the training ground and get to know them, Day by day, that'll that'll come uh, that'll come very very quickly, and uh, I can't see them being a problem with uh, hopefully not forgetting names like Bobby did. But if I do, then uh, if I can still get my point across and do half as much as what he does, then we'll be all successful. Obviously, Neil, when a, when a manager comes in in the middle of a season, they have to work with the with the uh, with the players at their disposal. And I've I've seen reading a piece in the uh, in the Limerick Leader this week that you're hopeful of bringing in a few signings. Have you a number of players in your head that you'd like to bring in, or is there even any uh, specific part of the field that you think could be strengthened? Well, without giving too much away, I think uh, being given the scope to try and strengthen the team. Now, I have to try and make sure this is the hardest part of football. I think is recruitment and trying to bring the best players in certainly uh, to uh, try and go straight into the team and that means it's improving the team so there'll be opportunities hopefully I'm, I'm not quite sure how, how difficult or how easy it is to try and bring players into the football club either from Ireland or from uh, far f- further afield and uh, I'll see, see how that goes in the next in the next few weeks the conversations that I've had so far and in the, in the, in the phone calls that I've had so far so far I've had a couple of good responses so Hopefully we can add add to the squad and um, make the squad better so we can uh, push the way we want to try and get to. I suppose being a manager, the, the fraternity and the community can be very small at times and a lot of managers will, will regularly uh, liaise with each other. Have you spoken to anyone who maybe would have been an English-based manager with experience in, in the League of Ireland about how difficult it is to bring players over or is that something you're uh, expecting to happen in the coming weeks when you have to try no, and get I've, I've obviously been here for a week. I've spoken to a couple of uh, people more so talking about uh, what the club was all about. I've had a word with uh, Ian Barraclough, which is great. I've spoke to uh, Keith Andrews as well, who's the 
one of the youth, one of the uh, international coaches at youth level at Republic. So they spoke very highly of the football club in time, and obviously with the people that I'm speaking to, we'll, I'll find out how how difficult or how easy it is to come across. But if you're winning football matches and you're playing some good stuff, it's always easier to uh, attract players to come and play for you. And it's Finn Harps this uh, Friday night. That'll be a tough game because they're they're battling for their lives, and we've seen so far this season they can get a result against anyone when they're switched on. Yeah, I think uh, looking at the league, it looks as though everybody can beat everybody. I know Cork are flying at the moment and they're well in front, but um, uh, we have to we have to we have to concentrate on first of, first of all on ourselves and uh, try and as as I said, try and go into the game with a positive attitude and like we did last night and. Uh, and uh, try and uh, create chances and certainly put them in the back of the net. Finops have uh, come off the back of a, a good result as well themselves, so it'll be a very difficult game, but uh, certainly a game that I'm sure we're capable of uh, coming away with something. And this will be one of the unique challenges of the Airtricity League, the, the, the journey up there and maybe the, the conditions in Donegal, because the Bally Buffet, pi- Bally Buffet pitch isn't great. Well, it, it's, if it's not great for us, it's certainly not great for them either. And uh, as as for the travelling, um, I've, I've experienced uh, in uh, Sweden when I went, was in Sweden to watch three DVDs, films on a coach, and which I've never done before. But uh, <laughs> I don't think it's that long. It is a fair journey, but uh, um, we'll be well prepared. We're going up uh, nice and early uh, after training, and uh, we'll stop off halfway up just to to break the journey up, and then we'll be ready and raring to go for the game the following day. And if we have a chat at the end of the season, Neil, what will have constituted a good season for you? I think, first of all, uh, not trying to get ahead of yourself, whereas uh, a newly promoted team always has to make sure that they're nice and solid and in a, in a good position in the league. I think at the moment, we seem as though we're in a good position. We, we're competing against the teams uh, certainly above us as well as below us. And uh, if we uh, keep on trying to get better, even from the first game to the second game to the last game, if we try and keep on improving, then hopefully we're looking up more than what we're looking down and um, anything anything else uh, alongside of uh, making sure that we're in the league will be an extra bonus. Neil, pleasure talking to you and uh, just before I let you go, I assume none of those DVDs was Angela's ashes otherwise you would never have moved to Limerick. <laughs> I'm a, a quite diverse in whatever I watch but uh, I'll have to have a look at that one and uh, see see what that actually means. So I haven't seen that one, but uh, listen, it's 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 everyone said it's a lovely place to come and live and uh, come and work and uh, yeah. I'll be giving it a hundred percent to uh, try and push the club onto a hopefully a new level. Yeah, well, I, I've never lived there, but I've worked there um, throughout my career and I've always loved it as a city. It's a really good sporting city for for hurling, for rugby, obviously, and for football as well. So I really do hope you enjoy it, Neil. Uh, thanks for talking to us. That's great. Thanks very much. Speak to you soon, no doubt. Thanks, bye. What a lovely man. Well, I certainly hope you're right because it's not like we recorded the intro and outro of that interview and then recorded the interview later. Oshin, this isn't how podcasting works. It's all point A to point B in a straight line. It's not how movies work either. Not that I want to spoil it for you. Limerick are away to Harps on Friday night, 8 o'clock in Finn Park. And Ollie Horgan had a good look at Limerick last night because he was in Daily Mount Park Last night, obviously, if you're listening on Wednesday, the, the day we release the podcast and record it all in chronological order. And an interesting photo going around of Ollie in the stand last night. Shorts and socks, no shoes. Now, I'm not suggesting he didn't have shoes. I'm just I'm saying pretty, at that particular I, time, he didn't have shoes on. Without being there and without seeing the picture, I would be very confident that Ollie Horgan would have had shoes last night in Daily Man Park. 
I'm sure he had them with him. He just wasn't just wearing them at the time. Out of shot, Ollie Horgan shoes. Exactly. He gets through an awful lot, an awful amount of work, doesn't he? He really does. Anytime I'm uh, back home, the showgrounds on a Saturday night, if in Harps will have played on the Friday, almost certainly he will always be there uh, on the Saturday in the showgrounds. He does a, he does a lot of research, as I'm sure a lot of managers, all managers do. But for uh, managers on the Western Seaboard, it's it's definitely tougher to go to games. It definitely is because the roads are terrible. I won't go that far. Well, they're awful, Dan. They are terrible. I drove from Galway to Donegal last year. It was horrific. Some beautiful views, but I yeah. couldn't really enjoy them because I was on my own. And um, yeah, like I just like it, you forget how much of an extra hindrance that is if you are a team over on that side yeah. of the world. Now, Friday night, Shamrock Rovers taking on Cork City in Turner's Cross. It has the makings of a cracker. Brandon Mele in form. For Shamrock Rovers, he's scored four goals in ten matches in the league this season. One of those goals came on Monday night in a 2-0 win against Galway United. After the match, I spoke to him, but I just want to really prove to you that it was actually there. Burke, back to goal. Over the top for Mille. Mille's inside. Mille! Oh, what a finish! He took it on his right boot. He had to control it because it wasn't easy. He placed it onto his left and blasted it home. And it's Shamrock Rovers 2, Galway United nil. 22 minutes gone in the second half, and that is the ball game. Brandon, you've been in good form recently, and I guess it was nice to show that with a goal tonight. There's obviously, Dylan's pleased with your form, and I'm sure so are the fans, and I'm sure so are you. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, obviously the three points tonight was great. Um, obviously, I'm happy happy the way I'm playing now. I'm getting a couple of goals, and hopefully I can keep that run going and go into Friday and Hoy, and hopefully do the same Friday. Without blowing smoke up, an unmentionable region you're the kind of players that fans love to see because you're a good user of the ball yeah. you're explosive those are the words of your manager by the way does that kind of come with those, its own pressure or do you just go out there and enjoy it and is that how you're able to be that player yeah I'll just go and enjoy it and express myself you know and that's that's the way I'll be and that's the way I'll always be I'll just go and enjoy me enjoy me football once I'm happy then then I know I'm going to play well you know so I'll just need to mentally mentally be happy in my head and I know I know I know I'll play well and you seem to be given that license yeah, to yeah. do what you can do by Stephen Bradley and by the Rover staff and by the players as well. You kind of make it happen for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the gaffer gives us the free license to you know, on, um, on the on, on the wings to, to go inside, go outside, you know. So that's great, you know. And I stuck. Some managers would say like, stay wide. Or, like he, he gives us the free license to go and play, you know. So. That's a, that, that's a big part now as well. Uh, talk to me about your training because Stephen has said that <coughs> your training has to be a bit different due to your injuries. So, so talk to us about the injuries and talk to us about the kind of differences in your training. Yeah, um, I got injury with, a, with my hip and um, I came back, you know, and I was feeling a bit sluggish, you know, uh, so they put a new programme, you know, for just especially for me because the type of player I am, explosive and stuff, they're doing different explosive work with me and it's, and it's paying off, you know. I've done a couple of sessions last week and I felt really good in the game today, so... Um, so yeah, it's it's working. Yeah, and what kind of stuff do you do that's different to 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 what we'll say is normal training? You know, like say the likes of Ronan Finn, Dave McAllister, the midfielders. You know, the box to box players. They have a different fitness to me. I'm, I'll be short and sharp fitness. You know, um, like short short runs, short recovery. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just that little bit different. You know, for. For, for me so um, but I'm really happy the way it's gone I guess it's, it's a bit like rugby isn't it depending on yeah. the position of the field you'll do different training yeah that's it like we'd I make different runs I, I play different um, you know like I'll, I'll have short recovery I'll make explosive runs short and sh- short explosive runs whereas <clears throat> the likes of Finner is constantly constantly running so they need going the long distance run where I wouldn't you know so uh, 
So it's just that little different type of training and, and yeah, it's paying off really well. Cork City, that's some job on Friday night going to Turner's Cross. Yeah, yeah, you know, obviously really buzzing with the game. I didn't play the last game. That's That was the game that the day before I got injured, you know, so I missed the last one, so I'm really looking forward to this game and um, it's going to be a cracking game. Talk to me about playing Cork City in Turner's Cross, especially when they're in this kind of form and there's going to be this kind of atmosphere. Yeah, you know, we're all buzzing for it. We said after the game, um, we've seen they won tonight, so both of us won. We're going to go in on a real high. They're obviously hitting very good form in all their games, you know. So, uh, but we're, we're we're really looking forward to it and hopefully we don't take points off them. It's going to be a different kind of game, I guess. That tonight you had a lot of possession. You attacked them out wide, yeah. whereas at the cross, while you have some possession. You certainly won't have as much as you did tonight, and I guess there'll be long periods maybe where you'll have to defend. Yeah, you know, I think it might be it might be a different game, you know. Um, yeah. But everyone knows everyone knows what they have to do. But now we win their individual battles, and you know the game will look after itself. Yeah. And you're in the kind of form where you know you can get a result. You're you know when you play well, you can beat anyone. Yeah, 100%. We're all confident in in the team, and everyone's confident in their own ability. Um, you know, so so we'll be going into that game with nothing else than, than going for the win, you know. We yeah. won't be sitting back or being being afraid because the cork, you know. We'll be going in expecting to win. Yeah. And that will get the best out of guys, won't it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The gaffer, the gaffer's always on us. Yeah. That you know, we we can be anyone, you know. So uh, that's that's what I, that's what everyone thinks, and we'll go down and hopefully win. And the last question is the most important: Mele or Mila? Mele. 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 Thank you very much. I had it right in commentary. Thank yeah. you, Brandon. Cheers. Thanks. Brandon Mele ahead of Friday night's match in Turner's Cross against Cork City. I'm not sure if that game is on TV, but it bloody well should be yeah. because it has the makings of a cracker. Ocean, every game should be on TV. Well, every game is on TV if you have a betting account and you don't live in the island of Ireland. Yeah. But I can tell you what I didn't do this week, Dan. I did not watch Bulls and Limerick on a Periscope stream. I didn't do it. That's I fine. know there was one available, but I didn't rose above it. Well done. Did not watch it. Now, Dan, what do I love most about the League of Ireland? Uh, the food, halftime food? No, it's the bitterness. <laughs> and I noticed a very interesting article in the Shamrock Rovers. Um, Hoop scene. I think yeah, yeah, their programme for Monday night's game against Galway United. As always, enjoyed my time at Shamrock Rovers. They always give us a good welcome, good club, etc. But an article really jumped out at me from the programme. It was most, most unofficial programme-like. I'll read it to you. Hail the Galacticals, in brackets, part one, is the headline. Galway United should be extremely grateful to be playing the mighty Shamrock Rovers tonight, exclamation mark. After all, we are the, in brackets, self-proclaimed Galacticals of Irish football. The brackets have obviously ended here. They ended after proclaimed. If you believe that, then you've been influenced by the contents of the editorial in the match programme issued by Bohemians <laughs> for the game at Daily Mount Park last Friday. In what was an extraordinary swipe at the hoops, the Pete's also mentioned the game in 2001 at Santry Stadium between the clubs, which Bulls won 6-4. That's an occasion that Bulls fans constantly fire at their Rovers counterparts, but it's a bit like England winning the World Cup in 1966. An occasion to be remembered for sure by their fans, but it's a bit overmilked at this stage. If one team lives off speaking about their history, it's Shamrock Rovers. We'll continue. Although it was said that there has been more than fair share of thrills and spills between the clubs over the years, the Bowes editorial also made a rather outlandish statement in that the Daily Mount Park Club had enjoyed the most memorable of the results. The long unbeaten run achieved by Rovers against Bowes was obviously airbrushed out of the memories 
over in Fibsborough. The Hoops achieved this through a period in which Bowes were at the top of the table of Irish football and Rovers were experiencing lean years. As if to emphasise the 2001 century even more, in the centre pages of last week's programme, there was an artist's impression of Mark Rutherford celebrating the goal that put Bowles ahead in that game. Maybe we should return the favour and do likewise, with David Cassidy celebrating at uh, Daily Mount Park the night Rovers knocked Bowles out of the FAI Cup in 2006, in brackets, and got their manager sacked. That was the season the Hoops were in the First Division. That's right, the First Division. That was a memorable result for sure, but they've obviously managed to erase that too from the history books at Daily Mount Park. I know there's a lot of reading here, but stick with me. There was a further slight against Rovers in the Bulls programme last week when, in the piece dedicated to the opposition club, they referred to our home as the SDCC Stadium. Some Hoops fans remarked that in the issue of Hoopsine that would be issued for the visit of Bulls to Tallis Stadium on the 28th of July next we should refer to Daily Mount Park as the DCC Stadium. I knew they were doing movies now, DC. Yeah. I didn't think they were doing stadiums. <laughs> oh, sorry, DCC. Sorry, two Cs. Well, I can say clearly now we won't be doing that. At Hoop Scene, <laughs> at Hoop Scene, while we are all volunteers, we quite pride ourselves on our professionalism. <laughs> this is getting farcical. <laughs> and if Daily Mount Park is known, and if Daily Mount Park is known and will continue to be known as Daily Mount Park, that's what we will refer to it as. Same should apply to Tallis Stadium. If your opponents feel the need to write about you like that in their match programme when you visit them, then you must have them rattled. If that's the case, we will gladly t- take that any time. I see Shamrock Rovers rising above it there. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, can I just... I, I know you've just closed it. I want to read yeah. that last line there. If your opponents feel the need to write about you like that in their match yeah. programme when you visit them, then you must have them rattled. If that's the case, we'll gladly take that out. That's from Robert Goggins, the editor. Yeah. Who's, By the way, it's a it's a very good program. This is, is the thing. But who who has done the rattling here? I'm pretty. They sure. sound rattled. Oh, they they sound rattled. Yeah, they are rattled. Talking about living off history, the cup specialist, quote unquote, Shamrock Rovers, who have never won the cup in my lifetime. Yeah, but you're only the, 12. I am 12. That's right. Uh, the team who uh, regularly proclaim themselves as Ireland's number one. Historically, they may be. Who's Ireland's number one at the minute? Probably Dundalk. Whoever Probably tops Cork the league. City. Yeah. But uh, Shamrock Rovers uh, consistently pro- proclaim themselves as Ireland's number one due to their well, well, excellent well, yeah. their excellent history. Like, well, if I look here, it's not in it. If some I look of their here, fans do, and it's something sure. that fans if do. I, they do they have had, a great tradition, they to be fair. They, they have an, an amazing tradition. They had it on one of their jerseys, if memory serves me correctly, in recent years. Now, yeah. looking through the programme here, I can't see if there's a list of honours. I'm sure there yeah. is somewhere. And if there is, it would show... Here it is, Roll of Honour, page three. Pretty easy to Dan, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I'm saying they're by far the most successful League of Ireland club in in history. But looking at it, they haven't won the league in five years. They won't win it this year. They haven't won the Cup since 87. They haven't won the Satanta Cup since 2013. Hold on a second. Recently, they were the first ones into the Europa League group stage. True. They led the way there. And they didn't win a point. No, but but hang on a second, Dan. Getting to the group stage was a massive deal. Correct. It's an outstanding achievement. And when they won the league under Michael O'Neill, they were excellent. They've gone through a few lean years, but look at their club setup Now it seems to be exactly what an Irish club should be. And Stuart Byrne was on off the ball last night speaking about how the Shamrock Rovers youth scene is by far and away the best in the league. And we've seen that. And and they've got great people involved. They have. And they've great people involved. And we see youth players coming through almost on a weekly basis. I just think it's very rich to speak about another team living off their history. That's that's my main beef with that. And I also think that whoever (laughs) runs the Bohemians programme certainly has 
hoop scene and their editorial team rattled. Yeah, uh, that's what struck me about it. I was kind of just flicking through it, and like that's I, like something you'd seen a fanzine. Yeah, like I was just flicking through it and, you know, when you get to a game early, you read the programme, it's one of the things I really yeah. like about getting to a game early, especially at this time of year when it's nice to sit in the stand and soak you up. You were in the sitting about six hours early on Sunday. I was, I always <laughs> am. Um, that's because if you don't get there early, the good Calvary is gone. But it's just, it just this jumped out at me. I, yeah. just, I just said like, well, like you're writing about rising above it, but you're obviously not rising above it if this is what not you're writing. All. And I stress again that it's a really good programme from a really good club but it just it just jumped out at me the and I level, thought the because level it gave me a laugh as well we should have men- we should mention it this week there are, there are a lot of things yeah. to complain about in this league as yeah. much as we both love it the quality of programmes is by far and away not one of them there's some yeah. excellent uh, Dundalk do a great programme Cork City do a great programme all around the league yep. teams put their heart and soul into it from ed- uh, editorial teams they almost always do it on a voluntary basis that to me just freaks a pettiness oh I just think they were a bit rattled and they responded and maybe... And made a fool of themselves. Did, did, I, oh, 100%. I don't think they made a fool of themselves. I just thought it was needless. Okay, Dan, time for the fixtures. Yes, Oshin. There are around and a bit of Premier Division games coming up by the time our listeners will hear us next. On Friday night, there are six games. It's Bray against Sligo Rover 745, Cork against Shamrock Rover 745, Drogheda against Derry, Galway against Bohemians, St. Pat's against Dundalk. All those five games are at 745 and as we mentioned earlier, Finn Harps are against Limerick at 8. One game taking place next Tuesday. It's Shamrock Rovers against Bray Wanderers. The reason that game is being played is it is was scheduled to take place on July 7th, but it has been rescheduled to then because there's a certain thing coming up called the Europa League. Ah, very good. And fair play to Bray for accommodating that. Correct. You mentioned uh, Galway there. They're hosting Bohemians on Friday night. Now, the last time before last Monday I went to see Galway was against Bray at the Carlisle grounds and they lost. After that, they went on a seven-match and beaten run, which included a draw against Cork City and a win against Dundalk. Then I went to see them on Tuesday night and they lost against Shamrock Rovers. So... Shane Keegan, the Galway manager, has put his finger on what went wrong in those two defeats. Really bad when you turn up. Uh, and the opposite for Rovers, actually, I'm good when we're on, uh, <laughs> we're on, on an unbeaten streak since, this man, since the last yeah, time okay. this man came to watch us. So well, we stay are. away on Friday night. It's Bowls at home. That's a massive game, isn't it? Because they're kind of in that battle with you. Huge, huge, huge game for us. I mean, our problem in the first half of the season was, that our first quarter third of the season was that we weren't beating the teams around us. Now, thankfully, we put that right last Friday night by beating Harps, and we need to do the exact same Friday night. But we're, we're absolutely capable of it, you know, and hopefully, fingers crossed, a couple of those that missed tonight will be back available as well, and that'll give us a bit of an injection of life and energy as well, you know. I mean, apart from tonight, our energy levels, our fitness has been absolutely fantastic, and I think with a couple of days rest now, I mean, they're only playing tomorrow night, so we'll have 24 hours more rest than they will have had too. Um, I think, I think we'll get back to our, our energetic best Friday night all going well well I won't be there so you've no excuses <laughs> I didn't realise I had that level of power Oshin don't doubt yourself you're a strong man you always have this power interestingly anytime I've gone to see Rovers this season they've won so Stephen Bradley offered to drive me to Cork on Friday night needless to say I told him I will not be going to the game being a Cork, Cork City fan From I don't want to jinx things shh Okay, Trevor Crawley is the assistant manager of Bohemians. Uh, as we say, they play Galway on Friday night. They lost to Limerick during the week, 2 1 the final score at Dalyman Park. But uh, Crawley is delighted that they have a chance to get back on the pitch so soon. That's a good thing because sometimes, you know, we, we lost a couple of weeks ago to Shamrock Rovers and it was the longest week in, in the history of, of, of time. And so, so, no, it's, it's, it's good to get straight back. We get, we get a chance to rectify any wrongs that, that we had tonight. So, so it's good we have a game Friday night. 
Trevor Crawley speaking to Bohemians FC Twitter page. Now, in the first division on Friday night at Lone Town, take on UCD. Interestingly, at Lone's offices, uh, broken into last weekend, I think it was. Uh, Shelburne take on Cavantili, that one also on Friday night. On Saturday, Cove Ramblers up against Waterford at 7.15. Now, that has the makings of a cracker. And it is an absolutely massive, massive game because those two First aren't separated seconds. by much. Two points. Uh, we're looking, we're desperate for a title race in the Premier Division. Looks like we're not going to get it, but we're certainly going to get one in the First Division. Waterford are on 28 points, yep. uh, Cove 26 and UCD 24. Yep, Longford and Wexford also playing on Saturday night. That one kicking off at 730 in the Flan Zero, as it used to be known, but now it's a City, city Calling, calling stadium. stadium. Yes, yep. there are three games this weekend in the Continental Tires Women's Super League. It is Galway against uh, Waterford. That game is at five o'clock on Saturday. Also on Saturday at seven, it's Shelburne against Piedmont, and Kilkenny United take on UCD Waves on Sunday at two p.m. Cork City Women's are off for the weekend. Piedmont are on top of the table, seven games played, fifteen points. UCD two points behind them on uh, thirteen, and Wexford also on thirteen, but have a game in hand. Okay, Dan, that's it for this week. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, call me if they want. Or no, they, can get, they, can get me, they can get me on Twitter, Alice Misha Dan. There we go, and you can get me on at Oshin Lang, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, good luck. Bye. Off the ball on News Talk. Thanks to Air. With Air Sport and all the BT Sport channels now free with your Air Broadband Bundle. 